0: Hey everybody, my name is Alex, here with Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. Now, I wanted to thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast lately. I keep, like I keep saying, I always appreciate when people um, listen, because i um, I still continuously surprised that you guys like anything that I say. So, um, (laughs) if you haven't heard the episode on Kuroko's Basketball, I wanted to, um, encourage you to go listen to it. It's the one previous in the feed in whatever fine app you're using to listen to the show currently. And on that note, I wanted to talk about something that I was thinking about in... I was thinking about in context of, like, the dubbing debates that happen and like subs versus dubs and all this stuff and it was um it was spurred on by me finally watching castlevania and first things first castlevania is supposed to be a netflix original anime it is not anime it is like it, it is like definitively not anime it's like The best way to describe it is that it is a, it's like a current generation American cartoon with just an insanely high budget, and they like eat that budget up. It's actually done by a studio in Texas, and um, however, it's also the first, it's the first animated thing in which Netflix started to attempt to whitewash the use of just the the naming convention of anime. Because it's definitely not... It has no interest in being so... It, But the marketing around it is heinous because Netflix sees value in the niche of anime, but they do not see value in dealing with studios that want to deal with, that want to, A, make money off of their properties and off of the properties they create for Netflix, and B, like, Netflix can't hold... Netflix Netflix will ultimately make money by holding all the rights to things. So, whereas something like... Castlevania is really beneficial to them because they'll hold all the rights absolutely but something like Be the Beginning is less beneficial because someone else will hold at least some part of the distribution rights and at some point they're going to want to put it out on Blu-ray because that's how anime studios work yo and that's really the big reason why Netflix wants to redefine the term of anime so it can Get anime fans watching things like Castlevania and Be the Beginning instead of just Be the Beginning. Even though they're two very different products, two very different styles on every level. And one is definitely anime that was produced for Netflix by a Japanese animation studio. The other is Western cartoons they're tacking, that believe me is very good. But they're tacking that term on because they want to attach it to the fandom that would go watch one. So they'll watch that too. Um, with that said, that's actually not what I want to talk about. I've talked about that before on a Sunday edition. You can go listen to it in the feed. Um, but what I want to talk about is I want to talk about dubbing style. The reason why I don't want to talk about this is because I was... I made a um offhand tweet a while back when um, in whatever season um. Um. My girlfriend did the gal. My first girlfriend did the gal was airing, because they did a lot of like. That was smack dab in the, in the middle of like the beginning of the era of, Funimation is making a lot of choices about how they dub and subtitle things and actually this came up recently and what started to get me to think about this with um that new Teasing girl show um when the when the girl says the, when the girl used the phrase sus and that's very clearly not a phrase that would <laughs> that would have been in the original source material since it's from since sus the phrase sus is um is from um among us it, it's part of the among us fandom and it it would be it was made out to be something that was more, a more modernization of what she was saying, and that's how people tried to justify it but the bottom line is, is that that's not the uh, the original intent of the author. Or the work, and so by doing that, you're you're injecting something else in there, and not that that's okay or not okay, but it, it the fact remains that you're bringing something yourself to the work as basically an editor that wasn't there, and the and the part that's not okay is the fact that you're just not you you're trying to hand waved that away. I'm fine if... I'm fine and it's fine in general if you want to do that, but it needs to be acknowledged and it needs to be understood. Um, The the huge controversy was the I like you, I love you um, phrasing in Evangelion. This fucking popped back up um, when um, when uh, what's it called when Netflix made that same choice in the um, in their dub and sub of evangelion um, but it ends up I, and to be clear there's been like throughout the history of evangelion the correct answer had been different every time, which is infuriating. But what what I really started thinking about was this offhand tweet that I made, where I was watching um my girlfriend, my first girlfriend, the gal, and I was watching the um next episode preview, and there's a character who uses the word cuck, and I I just immediately. Hopped on Twitter, and, and i was like, uh, my my condolences to the voice actor who is going to have to say the word cuck, who who had to say the word cuck into a microphone for um, my first girlfriend, the gal, and the actual voice actor or um one of the other members of the voice cast was like, he's not happy about it either. it, it it's so weird. And that was a fun little Twitter moment for me for it's still like every time I think about it, it's very funny to me. That just a member of the voice cast and I think he jumped on, he's like, Yeah, I'm 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 not jazzed about this either, man. Um and that got me to thinking about um in regards to Castlevania, the style of dubbing that is um in Anime in general. And the so the, one of the things that if you've seen the Castlevania the anim, the Castlevania animation on Netflix, well I'm just gonna call it, I refuse to call that thing anime. Um because words have meaning, damn it. Um it's very clear that the thing was produced in English because of things they they can get away with in the dubbing. There's Little flourishes and it 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 feels like it feels like a dub it feels like a dub of a show that was very clearly done for adults in that was conceived of and done entirely in an internet age with modern comedy sensibilities. They' have this great scene where like at the end of the first season. When Cipher has moved, um, spoiler alert, I guess for Dracula for the um, for um, Castlevania's first season, um, when Cipher has moved Dracula's castle, and it's all fucked up, and like it, it clearly can will never move again, and um, Trevor says to um, Alucard like, so we both. Well, Safer broke the castle. And Safer gets, gets all pissed. And then Dracula's just like, so we, so we both agree that Safer broke it, right? He's like, absolutely. And it's this great back and forth between all three of the characters that really cements the kind of relationships they all have with each, with each other individually and each other as a group. But... It's all made possible by the fact that this was done in a much more traditional way to animation, in that the lip flaps were done in English, and the dubbing is done. In the dubbing was done in English, was done in English. so you have no removal. You have no need to, to attempt to fit something into the available lip flaps, and. Um, you can also have like slight moments of like realization on the face and like different lip movements than you would normally have in something like anime. So, in traditional animation, uh, you usually start with a soundtrack. You start with the sound, and the animation is timed to. The, to basically not necessarily the um the dialogue but the foley sound so um and as always sherwako is a great example for um for this like for for this process in, in Shirobako, there's a moment where um where the main character. So may, the main product, the main character, who's the production assistant, she has to go to the foley artist studio, and he's got like this like tester. He's got like this um, sample size of like penny tile, and he's just like clopping women's heels on the on this like one by one foot square of tile, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm I'm getting foley sound for." someone walking in high heels since we need that for like uh, this project and he and he just basically is like actually could you help and so he puts the tile on the floor and she puts the shoes on and she like walks in place in the shoes making sure to like make sound in those shoes and it's this realization for her and supposed to be this realization for the audience of like oh this is how this works. Like whenever and I talked about this um I talked about this in um some Sunday episode where um like if you put a coffee mug down on a table, you hear, like there's a uneven like gunk gunk sound that happens. And those sounds are all really important. So oftentimes those sounds will be recorded before the animation is done, so you can animate to those sound cues. Now, in in Japanese animation, they do that in reverse oftentimes, and most of that is because everything's happening at the same time. Because everything in such a protracted, like crunched budget, they don't have time to do all the foley sounds, plan it all out, and then animate it. So they do it all at once. And they loop it all in. They, once the animation is done. They loop everything in. They loop all the fully sounds in. To the final product. But what that means. With anime. Is that. Lots of. Little things. That you would fit into. like A very American take. On. Say Castlevania, um, which is a, inherently a show that takes place in, I believe, ancient Eastern Europe, or um, oh, not not even ancient, but historical Eastern Europe. It the the voice lines in that don't fit the place necessarily like in like the finale of episode um, in spoiler for season 4 of Castlevania again in the finale Trevor's fighting death and literal like literal skull and crossbow giant size death and he is just like and Death uses the words motherfucker. Like, you motherfuckers. And it like, it doesn't... It's fun. It's badass. It feels like you're watching a moving metal album cover. But it's certainly not historically appropriate speech. You wouldn't imagine? So all that gets tossed out the window. And one of the things that ends up happening in things like first, um, the the current senpai teasing show, and then also like um my girlfriend, my girl, my first girlfriend, the gal, what happened was you're injecting like a modern thing into something that might that wouldn't belong there so um I'm gonna kind of end this little this little thought process of mine with um Tokyo Revengers Tokyo Revengers um, is clearly a time travel show and it is clearly um but it's it's what I would call a modern time travel show meaning that like the time travel. If you haven't seen Tokyo Revengers, it's on it's on um Crunchyroll. It's actually the English dub is on Crunchyroll even, which is wild. There are only two episodes into the English dub, but it it will all be there eventually, I promise. Um Or they promise, I don't know. Um and and you should totally go watch it because it's it it feels like the stunning sleeper like it and Odd taxis feel like the stunning sleeper hits of the season. And, but what they're sure to do is they're sure to, what the author for Tokyo Revengers is sure to do is he keeps the 12, it's like the time travel limited to a 12-year span, which means that, with the exception of a few things, especially, um, Language-wise, it's pretty limited what you can fuck up. And also, it's, like, well within the time period the author was alive. So you don't have, like, the mistake of, like... Oh, they wouldn't have said motherfucker in, like, ninety-two or something. They may have said piss-amp, but not motherfucker. And the... Um, and and the effect of that is that the when they jump to the past in that show, when you're spending time in what clearly, like, twenty like twenty twelve as opposed to like um or two thousand seven or whatever, whatever the um whatever the early two thousands that the character is mostly in in the show, you are. Um, your it feels re it feels real realer and it feels more authentic, and uh, are you I'm actually gonna check out the dub of that show because I'm just curious how they handle certain things in the English dub because much of the way that, like, lots of people prefer the, um, English dub of Yu Yu Hakusho, because that, English, when they did that dub, they, they captured the spirit of, like, a delinquent kid who's good at heart, but, like, is not, who's a good person, who's a bat, who's like a good person who's also a terrible person that makes any sense is that and by making that choice the dub is actually more fun to watch than the sub of Yu Yu Hakusho the same is also true of the dub of Cowboy Bebop there are tons of people like it is the majority opinion that the dub of Cowboy Bebop is just superior. Another show that I would liken this to is, um... And this usually, like, dubs of shows usually serve... Um... Dubs usually serve shows best, especially English dubs, serve shows best that have... Like a lot of characters from from America or from other countries, or they have like an American style to them. So in the same vein, the dub of Black Lagoon feels a lot feels a lot better to watch than the sub because Revy can be the like American street urchin, you know, fucked up. character that she was intended to be, not a Japanese interpretation of that kind of character. Because, so, if you've ever seen a, um, and this is 100% true, by the way, um, if you've ever seen like an American gangster movie. Oftentimes what you're seeing is what the rest of the world sees, will end up seeing as an interpretation of like, American gangs, like, the mob, that kind of stuff. And that stuff filters into cultures all over the world and, like, as Americans, we all have an understanding of, like, the character of Al Capone, the character of, of like, real gangsters who did exist and did bad things. But what that also means is one of the things that the, the organizations like the Yakuza, especially low-level Yakuza, tend to emulate is, like, badass American gangsters. But they're only emulating them. They're not necessarily... At the same level, if that makes any sense. Like Al Capone was brutal fucking monster. He's probably closest to the um version of him that you see in Boardwalk Empire, that Steve Buscemi um Atlantic City Prohibition era thing from um, Netflix. But every like we watch that and we understand the context around it. A loss of even a little bit of that context makes it difficult to take away or emulate what was there. So, whereas the... Whereas the um, char- where the... it's like, the character of... Revy is probably pretty different in a Japanese voice with a Japanese voice actress, you know, as the voice of the role. It is it is way different and feels way more um, and feels way more authentic with the American voice actress behind it. Um, now in that same show they're very careful to voice the Japanese characters and give the voices of the Japanese characters definitive, um, feelings. But like, a definitive feel like they are part of Japanese culture or in, the, or in Rock's case, were part of Japanese culture. And in the, like, second season of that show, um when they go when, you know, Rock goes back to Japan, they do a really good job of making it very clear, especially in the voice in the voice acting and in the mannerisms of his voice act of the character voice acting, that he was someone who once belonged but no longer does. Whereas Revy is very clearly like Somebody who's ethnically chinese i mean ethnically east Asian in east Asia but is very much American and very much like just like of course of 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 course there's gunfire are you kidding me? i'm not I'm, I'm used to gunfire, and that ends up being a very especially now interesting look at like what happens when, like, violence from a different culture invades, violence from one culture invades another culture in a really, like, real and substantial and terrifying way? Another great example of this is the section of um, where they, where they, like, I forget why they were in Japan, but they were in Japan for a period of time, and just, they fucked that. They fucked up a section of Japan, just with a lot of guns and like violence. And the and um, the main character of that I forget his name, the like young child soldier kid, is like genuinely. He's like, I really wanted to leave this country without introducing it to like terrible nightmare war shit, <laughs> and. It, Coco job, the um the like arm dealer of that show is like, yeah, I know, kid. But here we are. Grab a gun. We gotta get me out. A- we gotta get out of here alive. And um on that note, if you like this episode, um you can subscribe to the podcast and whatever app you using to listen to this right now and new episodes come out every third day and Sunday third days are more like review shows about specific shows and um, Sundays are more metatextual. I have something very special planned for um, the next Sunday show. If those of you um, are at all curious what that is, I will be announcing it um, on the third day show. And I will be it will be the next Sunday edition. So um definitely go go listen to the next Thursday show and you'll find out finally what it is. I've been teasing it for a couple weeks. But on that note, I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday edition and I'll talk to you on Thursday.